0: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for this beautiful day in the sunshine. What a blessing. And Lord, as um, we're gathered here today, we know that this topic of family worship is so very important. We know that the training of our children spiritually needs to begin in the home. And we know that the devil is attacking us in in ways that um, sometimes we don't even realize, but mostly in busyness and... and, um, So, Lord, today, as as Cinda shares, we ask that you will speak through her right to our hearts, that we will take this message and we will apply it. Lord, thank you for our families. Thank you for our precious children. And thank you for this opportunity to um, be instructed by you through Cinda. So, today, we just pray for your spirit to be here in a powerful way. And we thank you again for um, the privilege of your presence in our lives. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out. I know there's a lot of good seminars going on right now. Um, I'd like input at the end on how this seminar, if you understood it, if it went well. I'm actually working with, I started doing talks here in 2007. That's been nine years ago on child training. And um, we are this year, I was really impressed that I need to get a series out for families. So I asked, I'm not one to work alone. And um, so I asked some women in our church, and then different ones that have actually applied my principles over the years, if they would join me. Um, And so we meet once a month on a Tuesday night, and the purpose is for me to introduce a section of my material, and the parents go home and practice. And then they come back and share what they've learned and what's happened. And we're actually going to put the series together. I was hoping to film in November, but it may be the first of the year instead, but we're going to have a full series, and then it's going to be broken down where there's going to be a part and a workbook for you to work out of, and then when you come back, then you'll be able to look at what the parents did and how they applied the principles. So it's a very, very hands-on program, and um, so this year, as I've been putting it together, I told the Lord, you know, I need to practice, and so the Lord just started bringing phone calls. I've been traveling quite a bit to do these seminars, which is good, because I try it out on people, let them be my guinea pigs, <laughs> see what works, what doesn't work, and then change. This is a one-part series, it's my foundation that I have actually set for my series. Um, in the foundations, we have how to implement spiritual, emotional, and physical in our home, and to get a, a sure foundation to raise our children. And this is the one part out of the three-part series of that child training. And. Um, I think it's the most important part. Now, for me, I don't know how many know my background. I actually, when my girls were little, Stacy works for the conference, Stacy Osterman. She just got married last year. And Autumn, my youngest, um, has been a teacher. She has worked at Bath's Memorial. She's worked up at Fountain View for three years. And then she was in Africa for a year. And she would have stayed up in um, Fountain View, but Canada wanted her to leave the country. She said, I've never been kicked out of any place. <laughs> so they wanted her to leave. So it was in the middle of the year, and she was teaching chemistry, but they wanted Canadian teachers, not American teachers. So she left. And then when she was in ba- um, in Africa, she stayed about a month and went to some of the bush hospitals to see what it would be like. And they needed help and threw right into emergency or into the operating room. And she did some really gross operations and she came out, she said, Oh, I found my love. <laughs> so, anyway, she came back home after last year teaching at Bath and she is in a nursing program which the Lord really opened up. There's only 250 people they would that were applied, but they would only take 50, and it's a 14-month program. And um, the Lord has really blessed. And the other day she got a nice size scholarship, but you have to be there on Friday night to receive it. And so she was asked, Mom, what do I do? And so well, let's just pray. You know, if you have to give up the money, we give up the money. So anyway, we prayed, and she went in and talked to them, and they said, the people that have really given the scholarship have died, so it's not like you will offend them. <laughs> so you don't have to come. If you don't want to come, you still have the scholarship. <laughs> the Lord bless. I'm sorry they lost the people, but the Lord bless. So he just keeps showing her that she's where she's supposed to be. Now these are my children when they were little. This is Stacy on this side and Autumn on this side. They grew up so fast. My children are now 38 and 37, so they're not little anymore. And um, this is our picture of one of our worships. Now when we first started off, we came into the church. We had a mentor family who kind of took us under their wing. When we first came into the church, they were Adventists. My husband and I were far from Adventists. We were very worldly. People, matter of fact, I was a motorcycle mama. Can you believe that? <laughs> you likes to ride around on Harley Davidson. It's kind of hard to believe anyway. And I'm glad God knows how to redeem people from where they were. So we had no spiritual, I came from a very functional home. My parents, I've never heard my parents fight, never heard them argue. Very functional home. I was not functional. I was a very rebellious teenager. But I had no biblical principles. I didn't know what a family worship was, I didn't know what any worship was. I, we didn't know nothing. So we had a mentor family who actually took us under their wing and taught us. And we just watched them. And then we stayed, of course, in Cradle a role with our children. And we watched what went on there. And then we watched our church service and how it operated. And we thought, well, we can do this. So we actually came home and started implementing family worship. And at that time, it was very simple. We used the Sabbath school songs. And we used the memory verses that the children had. And... Um, and then my husband would always have a reading that he would do with them, and that's him with the children right now. Autumn's the one at the bottom, and Stacy and Autumn on top. And our family worship has really evolved over time. And then it changes too. As your kids change, it changes also. You know, you have to kind of kind of keep up with what's going on. And sad to say, I don't know what happened, but we actually stopped family worship for a period, too. And it was probably the most crucial time we needed it, and that's when our girls were in their um, elementary ages, and they really needed that. And I keep thinking, why did we stop? I don't know what happened. We moved. Um, I don't know if it's because we got too busy, we got too tired, we didn't know what to do, but we stopped. And it was several years that we were not doing family worship, and the Lord convicted me again that... You're going to lose your children. You know, this is crucial times. They need to be in God's Word right now. They need to be solid. That And I started taking in rebellious teenagers also. And these were kids that were Adventist and they were into demonic worship and they were pregnant and they were into drugs. And the Lord started showing me, that's where yours are headed if you don't do something. And I kept thinking, well, when they get older, and the Lord said, you're going to wait till you lose them before you teach them my word. You know, you need them now. So I came under that strong conviction, and I went to my husband, and I talked to him about it. And then I talked to my husband about it, and then I talked to my husband about it, and then I talked to my husband about it, and I came a nag. <laughs> and the Lord said, quit nagging the man. And I want to thank all you men out here, because I know as a woman, it's so nice to have the husbands lead out in worship, because they need to see fathers do it. This isn't a women's religion. It's a man's religion, too. And so to have husbands lead out is a real blessing. And um, like I said, my husband wasn't, and the Lord said, go ahead. So I started leading out, and my husband was there. He didn't mind being there. He just didn't want to lead out. I'm not sure if he was uncomfortable. I don't know the reason, but I just kept praying that God would put a burden on his heart to take that role. And I remember after it was going, and I tried several things It didn't work, and this worked, and finally I had it working, and then my husband says, I'll take over now. I was I was sad to say, you know, and I went to the Lord complaining and he says, yeah, isn't that what you were praying for? Get over it, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this has been what I prayed for, you know, so I had to go do some repentance and tell him the battle that was going on in my heart and that I was very thankful that he let out and worship and I think that's the thing that my girl said, um as they were growing up and they've had to wait my oldest had to wait till last year she just got married so she's been married a year this year she had to make a long time for that man to come into her life and her dad was the spiritual man in her life he took her on dates they spent time together he had to be that man and um, when they look they know what they're looking for they want a man that leaves out in the family and in the home so they knew what they were looking for and what they weren't looking for so and he's always been that and he's faithful mourning and evening to take us before God's throne and pray for us. And that's why he was still here. He wants to make sure I'm okay because honestly, computers give me a horrible time when I do seminars. And last night the thing bleeped out. Um, I remember I was asked to go to Amazing Facts and do one of their presentations. And we were there. They told me they'd fly me in and fly me out. And it would be real fast. So they flew me in. And they said, it probably took about three hours of filming, and I was in school. So they said, I'll fly you back out, and you can get back to your classes. We were there from 8 o'clock in the morning until midnight at night. And he said, We've never had computers not work. We've never had lighting have a problem. We've never had a sound system go down. We've never had any of this. And I said, Oh, I have this. Every time I do this, this is very, very common for me. So the devil just really works. And I was in Washington State, and the same thing. My computer went out, couldn't get anything to work. I've got three, I don't know what these are called at the side where you can put in like a jump drive here. I've got three of them, and none of them were working. And I finally was able to email to the past of the PowerPoints, and the Lord really blessed because I did them all in one shot, just in case I only had one chance at it. All of them went through, so we had to use his computer. And I said, well, I'll have to get mine in when I get home, but when I got home, it worked fine. Last night, I plugged it in, and the thing wouldn't come up, and it froze, and it froze all night long, and I kept trying to shut it off through the night. And so this morning, I just... (laughs) <laughs> Don't you know we need this <laughs> so. but anyway so I know the enemy does not like anything to do with strengthening our families so so anyway as we started doing like I said we evolved over this and we had morning and evening worship and it was a little different when our children were very young my husband had to leave to work quite early so it was me and the girls and then at night was our big time of family worship As they got older, morning worship became sharing time. Now, we're actually going to work through some of these activities as we go through so you kind of get an idea of what they're like. They're very simple, and that's what I'm doing in my child training seminar as well, doing it very, very simple. There's a lot of things out there, and this isn't the only way to have family worship, but it's very simple, very easy to start, and it's just get started. You're not going to get it all right. It's okay. Like I said, ours evolved. It's okay. Just get started. Let your family know it's important to come before God. And you will find beautiful things happening as you start having your family worship. Now, evening and morning, join with your children in God's worship, reading His Word, singing His praise, teach them to repeat God's law. And you actually have a handout, and there's only one little piece on there, that I've added after I sent these to Gail, but you'll be able to put those in. So it says to read his word. It tells us exactly what we're to do. Sing his praises and teach them to repeat God's law. So I thought, okay, well, at least those three things need to be in there. To reading of the word, singing his praise, and teaching um, God's word memory. Now, we felt our children needed to know how to pray because it 's not something natural i didn 't know how to pray, so I had to have people teach me how um, we didn 't they didn't know how to study didn 't know how to share god 's word and we felt family worship was actually a place that God has prepared for us to be able to teach those things to our children. so we used family worship as a training ground when our children were very small and um, and I have several books up here we 'll be sharing and i 'm actually asked one of my Um, team members to come in and share the books because that's one thing nice working on a team it's been a while since I've been in child training and like I said I used to actually work in homes with families I was kind of like a super nanny and this is the first thing I would set up is family worship but it's been a while I still work with families I still do that but I have parents that are right now doing it so it's nice having a group she's brought some of the latest stuff that she's been working with And it's really nice because she stays, she's always searching for books. She's really into books. So I asked Jen Cook to come share. So she'll be here after the end of it because she's in another seminar. She said, oh, I need to be here. I said, no, no, you're in my class. You're with me all the time. Go, go enjoy yourself. Take notes for me. So, But anyway, so we'll be sharing some of that information. But family worship is a place that you can actually share the things that you want your children to know. Now, we felt like these were the essential parts of family worship, Learning how to pray and praise God, that was first. The other was having God's word in their heart. I just felt like that whenever a battle came or something was going on, they need to have that word at the tip of their tongue so they could claim it. Because we have no power in ourselves. And I know when I would work with small babies in my arms, and they would start going, ah, and just screaming, and I needed to bring them under surrender to the Lord. I would always tell the Lord, I read what the counsel was, and I'd always say, I'm doing my part. This is what you told me to do. I asked Lord, that you just do your part. I'm faithful to my part. And he would. I mean, those babies would scream at me and then just stop. Just go, ah! And it would be done. You know? And it's because God works through his word. He's powerful to change. And so we want that word deep in the heart. And we're going to be going through these step-by-step how to do them. Knowing how to study God's word, we wanted them to understand that. And we wanted them to apply the word to their own personal life and then go out and share it. And that's a real blessing, and at the very end of this, I will give you the first seven texts I gave my, my little girl when she was six. Stacy wanted to be a Bible worker when she was six years old, and who would have known she grew up to be that Bible worker she wanted to be, but she didn't know how to read, so I had to teach her how to read first, gave her seven texts, and we were out there sharing, and no one turns down a six-year-old to share a study, no one because it's like they really can give a study and she was a powerful witness at that time and she gave a powerful bible study and as we go through it i'll share that with you so i wanted them to be able to share and people will ask you to a church um, to share too and it's not of our faith and I'm telling you when you go to a Baptist revival or something when I go to those child trainings, sometimes I'd have maybe 50 and Adventists. But when I go to a Baptist one I'd have 400 people there kind of sad isn't it but i to have 400 people there to find out how to raise children and how to learn how to study the word but um, so you want them to be able to study once they get done Okay, the next one, and this is the format that we always followed, no matter the age. We had an opening prayer, and like I said, I really kind of geared it around church and what was going on. Scripture songs, we'll go through those hymns. A memory drill, and then we had Bible knowledge or games, Bible study, and then closing prayer for self and others. That was always our format, and all this is written down in your PowerPoint, so you'll have all this information. So let's look at when they were very tiny. Now, we actually, like I said, practiced whatever was going on in Sabbath school. Those are the things that we use. So we start off with prayer. Now, we went and got worship chairs for our children. And they only came out at worship time. And we actually made everything from Sabbath school. They had their little stars, as you saw at the very beginning. They had their sticks that they could use. Everything that Sabbath school was doing, we had in our house. We made them, too. So we just kind of did an extension of church. So when they went to church, they had been ch- doing church all week, so church wasn't foreign to them, and so they knew how to sit, they knew how to participate, and we didn't let our children, we didn't bring toys for our children in church. Our children participated. Um, When the sermon time was there, they could do drawing the sermons, um, so they always participated. They stood when it was time to Stand and sing, they knelt when it was time to kneel. They participated, even when they were babies in arms, they participated. There was no play time. You know, we wanted our ch- and we didn't let our children sit with other kids. This was our family time, this is worship time. And so church was just an extension of what was already happening in the home. So it wasn't, I didn't have issues like other people did. And if I had issues, it only happened one time. We take them out, deal with it, and get right back in church. And they found out going out was not fun. So <laughs> you want to be there where it's fun, so you want to stay right where you are. So the first thing we start with was prayer, of course. And we always ask the Lord, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit to be part of our time in our worship. Then we'd sing some songs, and I stayed with a lot of scripture songs, and we're going to go through some of the scripture books, different things that you can do as we go through here, okay? But we did scripture songs because we wanted our children to have the word in their, their heart. And I like, I don't know what to call them. My husband called them little ditties, and I don't know if that's a good word, but, you know, some of our songs that we sing with children are really shallow. You know, we need to get those Big, strong hymns back in there because a mighty fortress is our God. You know, there's so much meaning in those words, and that's what we want. And the Scripture, when that song's in the heart, the Lord will bring those songs back. So we did a lot of Scripture songs. Um, Our worship time was Bible time. We did Bible and felts. I had a really large felt set um, for my Bible, and I still have them. And then I had a spirit prophecy set that I used too. And so we did felt. We did a lot of drawing the lessons as they got older. And we'll go through how we actually set this up we act out Bible stories now that was the funnest thing for my children but I think more so for my husband <laughs> You know, he did the walls of Jericho so we would build up the walls of Jericho and we would march around them and the seventh time they were going to actually be knocked down we tell them it's really the angels that are going to knock them down and we're going to do the, be the angels hands right now and show how it works and so we knock them down and They love these. Um, Jesus on Stormy Galilee, laundry baskets were great for the boat, and you can rock that boat, and the kids would squeal and laugh, and then they'd say, Peace, be still, and then Daddy would stop. You know, it was just, it was so powerful to see them quoting Scripture, too. And we don't have grandchildren, but um, a grandma so in our church, we've adopted some little boys that will come over and say, I want to go to Aunt Cinda's house. So they call us up, and we we'll go get them. And we always act out stories. And I have these old blocks that I bought. My husband had them from work, and it was packaging, and they're about this big in their foam. So we'd take those out, and we set up Lion's Den. And um, we'll have little people, and he wanted one to be an angel. So I had some triangle, well it's like more like a diamond um, shapes and stuff. So we took a rubber band and put on that sort of angel wings. And um, we set it all up and we did Daniel and the and we read the story first and then he acted it out with these blocks and stuff and told us the story. Well the next time, this had been about three, four months later, he came back and it was evening again for worship and he went looking for the angel. And he says, where's my angel? Where's my angel? And I said, so I set it up on the Um, my ledge downstairs in my basement so it would be there oh excuse me oh that's my daughter I've been trying to get her all morning now she calls anyway so um, so the angel was there let me turn this down I didn't realize my phone was on I'm sorry anyway so I got the angel out and he went and got all the pieces and he set up Daniel's Lion Den and we went through it so children remember those things and they really enjoy those things and he looks forward to family worship at our time during the time that he's with us so so those kind of things are always fun. And I remember the time my husband was doing, um, oh, let me think of what it was, um, Elijah and um, Baal. And he was building the altar. And he went and got the foil, and he went and got the matches, and he went and got, and I said, ah, oh, on not in my living room. That was an outside one, not in my living room. You know, it's a little bit too drastic for me. So we went outside, and it's really fun just to move your things outside too so that husbands can have a good time also, and you protect the living room floors. (laughs) And once you get husbands involved, I tell you, their creativity is just out of the moon. You just have to settle them down just a little bit because some of those things look a little dangerous in your home. But anyway, he really enjoyed it, and the kids loved it, and they loved Daddy to be involved. For older children, we have the same format. We did prayer again. This is, like I said, when we started the hymns, we wanted that rich saying. And it's really good to start your children on one hymn a week or one hymn a month that they're going to learn a hymn. So stay with the same hymn that you're always having as opening until they learn it and then go to another hymn. That way they have those hymns. And I know when we hear the little boys behind us in church singing, they're just bellowing out those songs. And it is so precious to hear such depth of songs coming from children especially when they're so used to do the little ditties when they start doing hymns there's just nothing like it so definitely get them involved um, memory verse again we got a little bit into whole chapters I remember my oldest one to go with AFM and they asked her to take a test and it had to do with memory verses how many they knew and it was like 150 or something they were supposed to know and she came back she said I knew all but two can you imagine all but two you know so they had whole chapters and we used to Memorized together as a family, but they just far outseated us. We still memorized, but we were just—they would be two books down we were still working on book one. So when you start them young. They pick it up really fast, and whole books are going to be nice. And I told them, if I'm ever in a prison, I'm really hoping it's next to my girls, because I know there's lots of scripture there, you know, that doesn't give me excuses. get that in your head as well. Um, Bible drills, we're going to talk about how to do Bible drills, because I wanted them to know their Bible. The worship got deeper. We actually would use the Bible itself. And I'm going to tell you, there's beautiful books out here to study, but there is no book as great as this book, the Bible. And I don't don't know why in worships it's sometimes the last book we pick up. We're doing mission books, inspirational books, and so those are all good. But the Bible is really the best book. And I have an old HMS Richards book, and at the very back it has all the stories. He's put them down in story order and then where to go to find that story. And that's exactly what I used when the girls were little were those stories that he set up. And those were really nice. And I don't know if there's another book that has it, but um, I thought about just Xeroxing it, or um, what do you do it? call it, scanning it, putting it in my computer and sending it to people that want, because it's already set up in the stories, which is really nice. And then, of course, when they were older, they wanted to do glean personal lessons, and we're going to talk about how to do that in a little bit. And then one year, I'd like to really teach a class on how to start children. Stacy was just talking. She said, I'd like to do an adult Bible marking class. And I said, well, I'd like to do a parent Bible marking class. So maybe we could do it the same year and do it opposite so they can get how you start the children and then how you advance to go to others because what she's using is how she advanced as she learned the principles. And um, we're going to have a little bit of that here, and you're going to have an opportunity to do some color coding in your mind just so you can see how it works. And it's very simple. Um, we did use devotional books. We did use inspirational missionary books. But we always had a time in the morning or evening that we did just the Bible. So we would do both. By this time, our children were able to plan and lead out in worship. Um, Start your children very early, even the little ones. When they start talking, they can start leading out in worship. They can pick the song. They can stand up. And they love standing up, especially if you get fake mics. They just think those are the greatest thing to talk in that mic. And they're going to get up, and they're going to share. There's nothing that's going to hold them back because they get to talk in those mics. And we invested in a lot of tapes at that time. So our children could do everything on tape so they could hear themselves so you want to plan let them lead out preparations for sermons our girls were preaching by the time they were 10 years old Um, autumn did one on the two covenants that's quite an intense little talk for a child but adults would come back and say that's the first time i've understood that because it was through the eyes of a child and so they were out preaching we had an amazing church it was small So every Wednesday, they let the children preach. So they did the Beatitudes, and either the child would take one of the Beatitudes to share. So they were preaching early. And when we started our ministry, our children were 12 and 11 the girls and we were doing colleges they were up in front of those college students teaching now we actually used nature that's what we taught out how to see God in nature and so we had several presentations that we gave with nature but they were up there teaching college students not nervous just doing their great thing now my youngest finally when she started getting older asked if she could run the sound equipment (laughs) that wasn't her favorite part but and everything they shared was what they learned in school because they had to learn it prepare it and um, we were going to put a, a Nature One on this year, but we just didn't have time to prepare the material. But we got a Nature One going. But next year, we hope to put one on seeing God in nature and how to get in very deep into the word of studying. Um, also, youth groups. Stacy started her first youth group. Um, she was 16, but she also had a Bible study group that she did. Um, the ministry that we were living at at the time, the person who was running their correspondence school, died. And so they asked her if she'd take it over. And she was, I'm going to say 12. I'm not sure if she was 10 or 12, but around that age. And so she took over the Bible study group, um, the correspondence stuff. So she started doing really in-depth studies. And there were pastors in Africa that would write her and want to use her her materials to present to the congregation and ask for permission. And sometimes she'd get uh, things for some of those people back there that I just knew. They did not know she was a female. They really thought she was a male. Uh, she read it and said, Mom, I don't understand this. And so my husband read it and said, Oh, I'll answer it in your name and <laughs> get it back to him. But, but the Lord was blessing and she ran that ministry for five years, that correspondence school. So your children can get involved very early. There's a lot of prison ministries out there that need studies and stuff. So your children can get involved in outreach. Um, okay, and this is one of the family tools. That's what we're looking at, prayer journals. And I'm going to show you how to put together a prayer journal. Now, you can go to Walmart, and you can get small little journals. And I am really sorry. The journals there, they're, they're really tiny. And I meant to bring some, but I don't know what happened. When I got here, I thought, where's all my stuff? So I must have a bag at home. Somewhere with this other stuff in it because it's not here and but anyway, the small ones they were three dollars back then, they may be four or five now, but they're composition books that you can use and uh, the composition books are another one, but these were called Walmart, they were Walmart journals, and that way the girls could keep a journal i 'm going to actually show you where to go that you can print them out composition books there's some out there that have a page blank on top and um, writing down below, and matter of fact, Angie had some in her seminar to show, but those are really good for small children because you actually have them draw their lessons rather than writing out their lessons or their journals, what goes in their journals. So you want blank pages. You can make them too. I made everything. Today, you can find anything on the Internet. When I did it, you couldn't find anything anywhere, (laughs) so I made everything that I needed. But we started with prayer journals, and this is what a prayer journal would look like. These actually come from www.dailydwelling.com, and this is all in your printables. You could see it in there. And you can go and actually just print these out. It's a web page, so you can set up your own book. And we just got a regular notebook, and we just had sections for Scripture, Sessions for sections for praise, for family, for self, for friends. Now, like I said, I created my own, but these are actually created for you. So just go in and print them out. And you have what they need, you need. When you get on um, Pinterest or anything like that, you will find tons of ideas that you can use. Pick and choose what you like, but you don't have to do a lot of work. I did a lot of work. I didn't mind. That's what I did. I enjoyed every bit of it. But um, now it's just life is a lot easier, and life just seems to be busier these days. So it's already done for you. So you can print those out. Um, all ages can learn to pray. So that's what we're going to start off with praise. And in this case, the praises they're talking about is how we're going to praise God for His holiness, His mercy, faithfulness, and we're going to go through some of these and teach you how, but it's just adoring God. And we wanted our children to understand that there was definitely the Father, there was Jesus, and there was the Holy Spirit, and each of them had a special work. They all worked together as a unit to bring salvation to us and to let us know about the Heavenly Father more. But they all had individual work, too. And we want our children to recognize their work so that when they prayed and when they were going about, when they saw things that were happening, they knew, oh, that was Jesus speaking to my heart right now. That was the Holy Spirit sending me this impression right now that they knew who it was, where it came from, and that they knew how to praise Him. So we had a praise in the morning and a praise at night. And usually our night praise was thanking Him for, for the blessings that we saw during the day that he was giving to us. It's always keeping your children mindful of God, always, 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 always in everything that they do. And they will end up asking things of the Father that you would never have considered asking of the Father. And I remember my prayer life became a little stagnant. I don't know, Stacy was probably about, I don't know, around 10. A lot of things were going on around that age. And um, I had asked her if I could sit in on one of her prayers. Would she let me come into her prayer time? And um, she was happy to have me. So I went in, and the first thing she said is, Daddy, may I get into your lap and talk to you? I would have never asked God to sit in his lap and talk to him. But to her, he was her daddy. And why so she called him Daddy. Can I get in your lap and can I talk to you? And the minute she got into his lap, she said, "I need to talk to you about my toe. I've got an um, an ingrown toenail, and it's really bothering me. And I'm really concerned about my toe. I wouldn't have thought to talk to God about my toe." And she was just. So down to earth with him and told him everything she was feeling, everything that he, she was thinking. And it was just such a blessing to hear. Now, she was a child, too, but she was coming to God as a child. And I thought, that's how God wants to, me to approach him. So it changed my whole demeanor when I came to him. I remember the first time I called him Daddy. I mean, I, I almost like giggled because it just sounded so different for me. And then, but then I thought, Daddy. Well, that sounds so neat. Now, my father is the apple of my eye. So to call my Heavenly Father Daddy, it meant something to me. Sorry to say, sad to say, a lot of our children do not have that experience with daddies. And so fathers give them that experience. But even if you don't, a Heavenly Father does become daddy to them. And so we want them to see that. Promises, we had them claim promises for ev- anything that they dealt with. And I'll go through a little bit on how that works as we go a little bit more. And claiming victory for themselves and writing down their victories and claiming it for others. Now babies can be taught to pray, hold their hands, they can as soon as they can start them kneeling. Toddlers can repeat after you. It won't be long before they say their own prayers. I remember when Stacy was 3, we went to my parents' house and we were having family worship. And my we were in the living room and my parents were in the family room and my daughter was like, "Whoa, something's missing here." So she went and got my dad and pulled him by the hand and said, "You need to come join us for family worship." My dad never has had a family worship in his whole life. (laughs) So my dad came in and she said, Papa, you kneel. And and she said, we're going to pray. And he just looked at her and she said, it's okay, Papa. I will say it and you repeat after me. It's Very simple. And she did. She said her prayer and Papa repeated after her. I've never heard my father pray. The first time I've ever seen a prayer from my father. And it was by my three-year-old that taught my dad how to pray. So I thought that was real precious. So children are very open. They say exactly what's on their heart. And um, sometimes too much. I remember my youngest one let my aunt know that smoking was not good for her, that the enemy lives in our heart when we do things <laughs> not like that. So there's a little bit of instructions you need to give them, you know, as they're working with people. But they're so honest. Um, and they believe God answers any prayers. I mean, one day Stacy came to me and she was about 13 and we lived in this trailer and it had shag carpet and she lost one of those little gold shag pens. And um, she said, Mom, I lost that pen in my watch come pray with me so I can find it. And I looked, a shag carpet this high, and that pin's this big, and it's gold, and everything's gold. And I said, okay. And I'm glad I didn't pray. She prayed, and I'm glad because she had the faith that God would help. I'm not sure I had the faith. So we prayed, and just after she said amen, the Lord impressed her where she to go. She got down and dug around and came up with that little pin, And I said, okay, Lord, you know, the faith of a child. And the Lord does bless our children's faithfulness just because they are. He wants to show himself faithful to them, so they do pray for everything. Okay, the next one is pray for... The journal should have something on self. And self, we have wisdom. Um, Now, this is for older people, so... But on words, our thoughts, and like I say, you can make their own. This one is more for a a woman because pray for the wife's role, the mother's role. But you can make your own. We wanted our children to pray for others, their family, their friends, our church, neighbors, reaching beyond. Um, And we even, when I was teaching, I'd actually take my children out and gather prayer requests in our community and then bring them back, and we would use those to pray, and the church knew that we were praying as a church school for members, and so please turn in their prayer requests so we could see God answering. And then I always had them date when it happened so we know when God actually answered the prayer. So we had always a request section and an answer section in all our journals. I also put in my journals for my children, I always wrote out prayer patterns. And one that we used a lot was claiming God's Word for a promise. Like, whenever my children struggled with something, and their prayer journal were the things that they struggled with. Like, if it was obedience, they would go to a concordance, write it out. Now, of course, this is for older children. Smaller children, you can still do this. You just draw pictures. And today, you can find all pictures you want on the Internet. You can just print those things out, let them glue into their journal of pictures that represent or take snapshots of them and what they're praying for. If it's for their sister, take a snapshot. But obedience, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. When they were fighting, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, Ephesians 4.32. Now, when they actually started claiming promises, oh, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. When they started having battles in our home, I always said, we're on the same side, so we're going to pray together as a family. So I actually would have them hold hands and pray for each other. And I had one that teased horribly, and then the other one would get mad. So one had to find promises on not provoking the other one, and the other one had to deal with on anger. But they would pray for each other. And I tell you, the Best thing you can do is when your family are fighting is for them to hold hands and start praying for each other because you can't pray for your enemy. It really works well, good for husbands and wives too because when you're holding your husband's hand and you're praying for him and he's praying for you, pretty soon you think, oh, his hands are so warm. I really like the way they feel. And you forget why you're mad at him. Also, you're praying for God to be there so God's able to work through his word too. So um, they did a lot of praying for each other. And there's always a praise section in our journals, and we always have them write out their praise, and I try to have them go to the Bible. Now, I use the Bible, like I said. I'm really into the Word. I know there's a lot of iPads and stuff out there, but there's nothing like the Word, you know? It just sticks in the mind. Teach them how to use a concordance. I just saw somebody getting rid of a concordance the other day, and I try to snatch up everything I see because those things are going out, and yet the concordances teach so much, and there's so many powerful ways that you can use it. But we would have praises, and the girls would have to go to their concordance and look up praises to God. And David's um, psalms are full of praises. God is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness and is unsearchable. You know, those are powerful powerful words to contemplate on and don't let your children read it so fast that they don't think about what does it mean great is the Lord what do you think of when you have great and this is a good time to have your children outside looking at the mountains and saying mom that's a great mountain well who is great besides that mountain who created that mountain for one and who else is just as great or greater than that mountain well the Lord is do you remember a verse where it says that the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, you know. So you want your the minds of your children always to be going towards Scripture. Now, we're going to actually do these. Um, these are part of my prayer patterns I had. One was called Acts. That's the one I started with. Later on, I learned the word pray. I know there's lots of them out there, and they're probably used a little different, depending on how you do them. This is how we did it. But um, we did Acts, and I is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually go through each one of these, and then I'm just going to let you sit to the person next to you, a couple people. And I want you to go around your little group, and you're going to do these, um, just so you know what it's like. So we'd come together, we'd pray, and the first thing we would do is we would ask the Lord, talk about adoration, and that's to adore God for who He is. Now, so easy when children start praying to tell God everything they want, you know, and that's what they start with. I want this, I want that. These are no wants. You know, this is a, only a praise to God, who God is. He's merciful, He's mighty, He's strong, He's patient, um, He's long suffering. And the reason why you're putting God in such adoration is that when you lift Him up on high, and I know I do that. If I'm struggling with impatience, I go, Lord, you're patient, you're kind, you're merciful, you're tender. And as I start going through His attributes, I realize I can be that way too through His power. He has made it possible for me to be like Him. And so I can do that. I just have to adore Him, lift Him up, and then call on His name. And God changes me because of it. And so we want our children to adore. So all of them say an adoration, and we go several times around that we adore Him. For That way you know your children know how to adore God, how to praise Him. And then the next one is confession. Now, we have confession as a family of what um, we have done to each other. Now, in here, you're just going to talk about things that you children would confess or that you would confess as a, a family. But confession, confession is a time where you tell your family. And I'm going to tell you, as a parent talking to your children, confession is a very, very vital part because I know... When I was going through this, there were t- times that I was so unrighteous to my children. And I didn't want them to think, this is God. You know? And so I wanted my children to know that we're in this together and that we're going to heaven together. And there's times I am unChristlike. And so I need to apologize to you when I am. This is not acceptable behavior. And I also gave my children what they could do when I was being unchristlike. They could not point a finger and say, you're going to hell right there. You're being bad. You know, they weren't allowed to do that and say, oh, you don't you know? They were never allowed to be disrespectful. But yet they could say, mom, would you like to take a walk? Now, the minute they said that, I knew what that meant. That, and I'd say, oh, am I being unchristlike?" like And they'd say, uh-huh. i said, say, okay, I'll go walk. And I would go walk. And when I came back, my children knew that they could say, I, did you have a long walk? <laughs> you know, Was it long? Do you need longer? You know, we'll take care of stuff. So they were able, they had an out. Because there's no reason my children should be listening to an unrighteous person. It's not fair. It's not right. They have no out. You know, and so we need to let them have an out because there's times that you may not be righteous. I wasn't. And so it gave my children an opportunity for me to go. Now, what was really a blessing is I told them when I'm out there praying, you know Mama's battling. Would the two of you kneel here and pray for me? Because I need your prayers because I can't do this without you. Neither can you get to God's kingdom without me. We need each other. So I knew I was out there battling. And some of those battles would go quick. Because I knew I had two little girls praying at home for my heart. And I tell you, your children can really bring you to, what do you call it, melt your heart and humble you really fast because of their righteousness. So... So we want our children to, us to be able to confess. So this is a time that we could confess openly. Now, in private worship, my children use these formats in their own private worship as well. And that's when they would pray between something between their God and them that they need to confess. They did not have to have those in our family worship unless that sin affected our family worship, like attitudes. Attitudes usually affect the whole family. So those are things we pray together. If they had a bad attitude when they were putting away the dishes, they had a bad attitude when they were making. In beds, anything like that, that affects the family, and so that became a time that they needed to share Thanksgiving now this part 's really easy for children. Um, they could think, and they usually will start thanking for all the things that they have, their toys their you know and so you want to make sure their Thanksgiving is going a little bit further than that that they 're thinking of all the gifts that God has given them, not in material type things, but just waking them up in the morning, giving them a warm bed, feeding them, and if they 're not thankful. About those things, you need to get them out doing more mission work. You need to take your children to some soup um, kitchens and some um, places where they can see what sin does to people because their prayers will start changing when they're out there watching. We took rebellious teens into our home when our girls were small. And, oh, I tell you, this, at times we stopped because was, the influence was getting too close, but when we did that, our girls had no interest in the worldliness that these teenagers were going to, and these were Adventist kids. But they would say, why are they doing drugs? Look at what they're going through. We had one teen that was in demonic worship, and she had burns all up and down her arms and cuts and stuff from her rituals she was going through. And my girls would just look at that and say, don't they know? But it would put a, a desire to pray for the person, but also don't even go there. You know. So if they're not praying for the right things, their thankfulness isn't there. Because um, I remember as a little kid, mom put food in front of me, and she'd say, you need to eat this. This is really good for you. Think about all the starving kids out there in the world. And I say, well, send it to them. <laughs> no, I don't want it. You know." So I didn't understand what it was like not to have food. Well, when my kids' first time complained, I said, you must not know what it feels like not to have food. We're going to go out without a couple meals, so we know what it's like when our stomachs hungry, and we're happy to have whatever is placed before us. It didn't take long for them to realize, you know what? There are really people out there that don't have food. Anything would be a blessing to them. And so we just have to get them into a state of thanksgiving. Supplication, this is where we're asking for the needs. But I always tell my children it's not going to be anything material because we want needs, not wants. So it's patience, mostly character. I concentrated on character for my children because that's the only thing we can take to heaven is our character. So that's what we want to pray for. What character trait are you missing right now that you feel like is needed? What character trait is needed in our home that's not present right now? Do we need more respect? Do we need more honor here? Do we need more patience? What is it that we're missing in our home that we need to be praying for? Um, Because we know that we're a witness to God. So what are the things that we need? And they'll start praying towards that. So what I'd like you to do right now is take just a few minutes... I want you to find somebody right around you, Um, do a couple pairs, it doesn't need much, and I just want you, each of you to do an adoration. Each of you talk about something that's a confession, and it doesn't have to be anything personal. If you want to open up a confession, go for husband and wife, you can do that with each other. You may want to keep it light here, (laughs) do that another time, but just open something up of what you'd confess, a thanksgiving and a supplication. So just take a few minutes, just so you can practice what that's like, and um, then we'll come back for the next one. Okay, I don't know that gave you enough time, but let's skip back. Okay, how many of you were able to get through all of it? How many? Just that adoration. Hey, that's great. You know, and that's what's really nice. You think my kids are not going to enjoy this. And I'm going to tell you something. When we get to the nature part, if you don't know how to adore God, Take them outside first and just sit there and just say, let's just adore God for what we see. That's all. Oh, wow, look at that tree. Lord, those flowers. I don't know how many of you walk by those flowers, but every time I do, I think those are so beautiful. Lord, thank you for the flowers. I just adore you that you're able to create those. You know, And so you can adore God outside. So adoration is a big one. Um, and if we have time at the end, we can go back. How many were able to get to confession or... Okay, how many got to Thanksgivings? Good. And supplications? Sort of. Okay, <laughs> the needs. Okay. So, and it's nice to be stuck on adoration. That's great. Not stuck. Enjoy a time of enjoying adoration. And your children will enjoy this too. Like I said, just go around the room, adore several times. Yes, ma'am. A question. Do you talk about all these things as the and then say about it, or you just ask them okay that's a good question how do we actually get started we're going to use acts all week okay so whenever we used our family worship this is training time so we're going to train our children how to pray we choose to do acts so we tell them about acts and we name them adoration confession Thanksgiving supplication and I actually have this on a chart when I worked in homes this is on a chart and so for the whole week We're just going to work on adoring God. So we just go around and we adore, 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 adore. And then the next week, we're going to do confessions. And we talk about what confessions are. And this is a good time to use Bible confessions. Who confessed in the Bible? Who didn't confess in the Bible? Who knew how to do adorations? David knew how to do adorations. You can go to the Bible and find lots of adorations. That way you're teaching, and that's your worship for the week. You're also doing scripture. And then when we get to Thanksgiving, who... Talk about Thanksgiving for a whole week and then use Bible. Who had thanksgivings? Who had praise? Not thanksgivings. Who want to do a difference. Well, it's a praise. Thanksgiving is... It? Well, um, no, Thanksgiving is more about your blessings. Adoration is just naming God. Now, of course, in your Thanksgiving, you're going to name God too because he's the one that gives all our blessings to us. But you want to make sure there's a distinction in their mind that what we adore is not... You can thank God at that time too, but you're letting God know who he is or in your heart who he is. And then we do supplications as a family. And then we have it all down. And then when we get together, we say, we have several prayer patterns we'd use. And then we say, which one do you want tonight? Do Would you like to do acts? Would you like to do prayers? Would you like to do claiming scriptures? Um, what would you like? And I usually would find out before family worship what we're going to do that night. But that's where we would get together as a family and decide how we want to conduct Family worship. So we were kind of doing a family, so by the time we got to family worship, we were ready for family worship. So we're actually doing as a family, preparing for it as well. And then um, when they got really good at this, I would ask one of the children, who would like to lead out in family worship this week, sometime this week, and you can lead out in one of our prayer patterns. Who would like to, and which prayer? Prayer pattern would you like to do? And then they would choose which one they wanted, and then they would lead out. So it's constantly leading out. And then who would you like to go visit that we could call and ask if you could lead out in a prayer time with their family? Who would like to do that, and when would you like to do it? And what family would you like to do it to? And I'll call the family, see if they would be willing for you to come. Families are not going to turn you down if you have kids that want to come to your house and lead out family worship. It's just not going to happen. They're going to say, well, yeah, they can do it. I don't want to know how they're doing that. They're going to let them come. They're not going to tell you that. <laughs> they're going to let you come. So that way they're sharing as they go. Does that answer your question? Okay, the next one is the same thing, only this is pray. And you can find a bunch out there. If you don't like these, get on Pinterest, Google, prayer patterns. You'll find all kinds of these. This is the same thing. You still have your praise, which is your adoration, your repentance, which is your confession. You're asking, which is your supplication. The one that's different about this is yielding, surrendering your life to Christ. Now, I am going to take you a few minutes again. I want you to get in your teams again. And I want you to think about things that you would need to yield to or things that you know that your children would need to yield to. And then we'll have you share a couple ideas after you discuss. So take another few minutes and talk about yielding, what yielding would mean. Do you have a group that you're working with? Well, she just slipped out? Oh, okay, well better, slip over here if you'd like or if you want to wait. I'd like you to participate. Can she join your team? Go right there. <laughs> Make sure you're with somebody. This is yielding. What kind of things would you think yielding would need to look like? Okay, let's come back. I want to have some time for some questions at the end. So. Okay, we only have a few, we have like 15 minutes, Boy, time goes by fast here. Okay, let's come back together. Um, Yielding. What are some of the things that we need to yield? Give me a couple. Raise your hand, give me a couple. Yes. Appetite. Appetite. That's a good one. Appetite for food. Another yielding. Thoughts. That's another one. Very good. Okay, now, someone just asked me about teenagers. Now, we took in rebellious teens. When we took them in, you start them right here. And I'm going to tell you, kids are not going to want it, um, but I want you to look at why aren't they not wanting it. If you guys are putting a lot of TV before them, if you're putting a lot of games before them, if they have their iPads, their phones, there is not a lot of interest in spiritual things when we have a lot of worldly things before before them. That's just an honest thing. And so you're going to need to ask Lord how to take some of that out. The other one, is we go a little bit further, and I'm going to move a little faster because time's going to run out, um, the first place we're going to get our children is out in nature. And I'm going to show you that because nature is the best place to go. And I know when we took in rebellious teenagers, there were times we went on camping trips just to get them away from all technology so we can have time to connect them to Jesus Christ. And the more you connect, and the more you connect them, and the more you connect them, the more they're going to want it. But if you're in competition to some of those other things, it's a hard world. We've got to make some sacrifices, and those are the sacrifices. To me, it's not a sacrifice. When you look at them learning how to use an iPad versus knowing how to study the Word, there's no comparison in that. But... But you also have to realize you are the parent. Parents kind of buckle down under their young people, and the young people don't want it, so they don't do it. Ah, this is—they're in your home. This is what they do. They may not be happy right now, but somebody said, do you force your kids to pray? Yes, I did. And the reason I did is because the devil has their heart, and I want Jesus Christ to have their heart. And if I don't ask him, he's not going to be there. The devil doesn't ask permission. He's going to be there. So I want God to be there. So yes, I did. When you're in my home, these are our rules. These are our standards. I was not mean. I was not unkind. I was loving. I was caring. I was patient. And if I wasn't, I repented. But this is what we do. This is what we. This is how we share. We want Christ in our home, and I don't know if you really ask a child, do you want eternal death? I've only had one child tell me yes, and he needed two by four diplomacy, and I couldn't give it. So, but um, I'll get back to you in just a little bit. Okay, keep your questions, because I'm going to go on through, or we're not going to get through this. I just looked at the time. Okay, the next thing is I want memory. Now, there was a memory class going here. How many went to one of the memory classes? There was two of them here. Okay, if not, get to one of those, get their tapes. Sarah did one, and somebody else did one. And um, Sarah's was excellent. matter of fact, I have some of her stuff in here just to show you. Um, Why memorize? The time will come when many will be deprived of the written word, but if this word is printed in the memory, no one can take it from us. That's why I said I'd like to have my girls right by me at the time of trouble because they've got whole chapters in there. Now I'm hoping that I have whole chapters too, so somebody wants me to be in the prison cell with them too, so I can help them out. So we want to put whole scriptures in there. It builds a wall of Scripture. Build a wall of Scripture around you, and you will see that the world cannot break it down. And that's another thing. Your children are learning Scripture, that this will help. Commit the Scripture to memory, and then throw right back upon Satan when he comes with his temptations. It is written. This is the way that our Lord met the temptations of Satan and resisted them. Now, when I was a teacher, um, I did Scripture songs. I've got one of my students in that I had in third grade. Glad you're here. So it's a real blessing to have my students come and that they're walking faithfully in the Lord. That's a real blessing. I appreciate that. I just know that you, your hard work was taking place in the schoolroom as well as in your own home. Uh, but we started singing songs, and I remember she had a temptation, and she came back and she said, When I was tempted, the song came to me that there has no temptation taken you, but such is the common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, to be tempted above ye are able, but with, will with the temptation also make a way of escape that she may be able to bear it. That was such a blessing to me because she said that she was able to use the scripture and had victory in her life. And God will bring those scriptures back. Okay, memory for small children, you're going to do the word um, um, when they're in the crib. I used just songs going all the time. I used tape recorders for the older. When they got to about five, six, how to use a tape recorder, they used tape recorders. I don't know why. Taper, tapes are so cheap. But I had them always record on top of each other. The other day, I found a couple tapes that they had done, and their little voices are in there doing scripture. And I think, why? I could have had a whole shoebox of those, because they learned so much memory, but only have three tapes, maybe four. But that's nothing of what I could have had. So I really wish I had had um, kept wait one second how we that's all right. <laughs> that's just how we go we're training it's all right I'm just glad you're here this is what it's for this is good um, so we want to let them record themselves and kids love recorders they like touching them record and playing back for older ones we did whole chapters and as a parent I have no qualms requiring things of my children and memory is just part of it because we we really are in a battle. We're fighting the enemy. And if we don't have certain things that we set before our children, they're not going to go there just on their own, especially if they're not they've lost the love of the Lord. It just does not come easy. So, but you don't have to be mean or cruel about it, but we want them to learn. I'm going to give you two different ways. Now, young disciple has a good set of songs um in his heart, the scripture songs, by word creations are really good for small children. Those are all Stories but the songs for the older ones and my children just did scriptures and just Bible scriptures You can find a lot online These are just some of the pictures, but I'd like to talk a couple of them now I work with right brain learners and left brain learners This is a left brain way to to learn So you're actually learning the text and then you're taking the first letter of each text and putting them on a card and afterwards, this is Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And then I'm going to take that out, and you just look at how many of the words can you remember. What's the P represent? A. and Apostle. Of. Christ. Jesus. By. The. Will. Of look how easy that was. <laughs> so, and then that, and you carry this with you. My girls had little packs. Uh, we actually put it in, um, Cards. And I want to show you, well, maybe I'll get that here because I have it. The next one is school kids like this one. They just take the word and then we just start erasing part of the text until we get to the end and see what's there. Um, I started with one letter at a time. Pretty soon we just did whole words erasing and see if they could remember the text. This is what they're doing over in junior two, but it's a nice way to remember. This is very left brain memory. These are also left brain memory. These are Young Disciples. I gave you the address. They look like this. They're laminated. Take them for walks. They have tons of stuff. They have whole chapters on James. So you can just go into their webpage, order. These are all Adventist Young Disciples. How many actually get Young Disciple Magazine? Excellent magazine for your children if you don't. But here is the text, and on the back is just the one letter. So they're easy to stick in your pocket, carry it around. Um, when my children were battling, as they got to be teenagers, and they start fighting me, and we were dealing with that unchristlike heart, I would give them one of these and say, You are gone. 20 minutes. When you get back, I need this memorized. And then we're going to talk. You know, so they had to take it, and I said it very nice. I need you to take this. You're going to memorize it, you're going to go for a walk, and when you come back, we're going to talk. And if they did not have this memorized, there was always consequences at the end, because I was trying to deal with the unsanctified heart. Yes. Okay, so I wanted my children to have those memorized, so you can actually get those um, through Young Disciple magazine, and the um, address is right here. Okay, so go to the booth for family life. And look at the Young Disciple magazines and my, my Bible First for children. Now, the other ones are for older um, memory. This is actually one that's for right brain learners. Some kids just need more right brain learning. So, it's taken the text, and as you can see, the pictures are right underneath the text. So, that makes it easier for right brain learners to memorize their text. This one came from Sarah, Canada. Those of you went to her class, I just asked if I could scan a couple of her pictures in to show you. This is a right brain learning technique. This is way not my alley at all, but for my right brain kids, this is very, very effective. So you're actually turning the text into a picture form, and they will retain it. Um, this is another one that she had. Like I said, if your kids are not interested in the Word, so they want to know God's Word, the best place is to get them out of nature Go on a backpack trip. Um, and I'm going to tell you, your kids may not like it, but if a dad goes to your kids and say, sons, is it girls, boys? Yes. Boys. We're going backpacking. Let's go down. I don't know if you've ever gone backpacking. Find somebody who hasn't. Uh, do you want to go backpacking? Oh, we're not asking. Yeah, we're not asking. We're telling. We're going backpacking. <laughs> you know? We don't want to backpacking yeah no we're getting them up, you know, and I tell you, I never gave children options when my girls quit making the bed at night uh, the morning they just quit making. my youngest one decided she didn't want to make beds anymore. I don't know why, but she decided not to so the next morning she went into her room and they were all the covers were nicely made folded at the end of her bed that night she just threw them on top of her the next morning it wasn't made, I just folded them at the end. I'd never say anything. I just folded her covers. the next day she partially made it, and then I the next day day I came in and I just folded, never said anything, just folded her covers. That morning night she made her bed and from then on it was always made, never said anything, just took right care of it. It's whatever you set in your home, your parent, their children. You set the law, not them, just kind, but you do set the law. And sometimes parents I forgot, we're parents. So, but get your kids out in nature. It's the best place to go and um, children love being out there, adults, even kids like I said, we took in rebellious teens and I mean these were rebellious. And we said, we're going back Backpacking, and this is what we're going to do we're going to go on a canoe trip we're going to find ten things out here that God shows us his love ten things and we're going to talk about them at night and if they can't do ten things start with two things and then they'll get three things and then they'll get four things it's like when you don't like somebody um, like family, when we used to work with families, husband and wife teams, when they came, they'd be sitting apart, and we'd tell them, just tell one thing you like about each other. Oh, it took forever. And then I'd give them a homework, do it, find two, and then they'd find three. And we noticed as the time went on, they were telling all the things they liked about each other, something was happening to their bodies, and pretty soon they were almost on top of each other, and we said, okay, our work is done, we, we did it, <laughs> we got through what we needed to do, so... Okay, so while the Bible should hold first place in education of children and youth, the book of nature is next and important. Next to the Bible, nature is to be our greatest lesson book. Children should be encouraged to search out nature and objects that illustrate Bible teachings, every object representing Christ. They may... Thus may they learn to see him in tree and vine and lily and rose and sun and star, and every object in nature will repeat to them his precious lessons. Great Controversy 45.1. Now, when I taught, um, I did a lot of things on relationships, and I wanted children to remember those. So I actually use um, pure um, covalent bonding and ionic bonding, when I talked about emotional relationships and bonding, um, the two shall become one. And covalent bonding, there's seven noble gases, but every other element out there is not happy. And it spends all its life going to hook up with somebody else to be happy. But yet the seven noble gases need nobody. And so I told them that God wants you to be a, a noble gas, so you don't have to have anybody, you help Add to something, but you don't have to have somebody. And I teach it before they get to chemistry. So when they get to chemistry, the lesson's there again for them to learn. Christ Object Lessons has lots of good. If you don't know where to go, Christ Object Lessons has it. Character sketches, if you don't know, this one's really good on nature. It already takes a nature item. It has something on the Bible. It has something in nature. It has something, but you'll take one, and it's all in character traits, so you may want to take integrity, and it will have a Bible lesson on integrity, something out in nature on integrity, um, something on the human body on integrity. They're really good resources if you don't know where to go, but start with something that's in nature. Um, I always had them had a nature backpack. And they had a pocket Bible, magnifying glass, treasers, a journal, pencils, colored pencils, a bug kit, you can put those in, and field guides. And we would take their backpack and we would go out. And we did this a lot on Sabbath afternoons. So our children were out in nature learning. Did you know that grasshoppers are actually boy grasshoppers and girl grasshoppers? Did you know that? And you can tell the difference and you can catch them and figure out what's a male and what's a female and chart them. I mean, it's amazing what's out there that we just don't realize. But all that stuff is fine. It may not be at first, but as you keep doing it, it is. Also, nature walks to walk, pick up something. And this is something that was just required when we get together. Um, Sabbath afternoons, particularly, we had a lot of people in our home, and a lot of them had not had worships. And so when you came to our house, it was just part of this is what we do. You know, you're just a part of the family. This is what we do. And um, if you don't want to be a part of the family, there's the door. There's the, And... Um, you know, we did find a place. We had one teenager that came to us, and the parents told him that he needed to leave the home because he was disrupting the home. So they called and asked if we would take him in. So we did. Usually girls we took in um, more than anybody. Usually boys. I try to find another place for them because I had girls. Um, but we would take in children that needed a place to stay for a time so the parents could get it together, and then we'd send the child back after we had done some of the work in our home. But they pick up an object, describe it, draw it, write out spiritual lessons that you've learned from it, and how does it represent Christ, and then they look for scriptures to go with it and then apply a lesson. And I remember the first time I sent my girls out, my youngest one was so little, and I thought, oh, Lord, please help her, please help her, please help her. And she came back with this clump of grass, and she had a vine going off this way. It was green. There was another twig going off this way. It was brown. And she said, this clump represents Jesus Christ. And if you stay attached to him, as you go out into the world, you'll stay faithful, and you'll be able to continue doing his work. This is somebody who was attached at one time, but choose not to stay in the faith, and they've gone off this way, and now they're eternally lost. And that was just a lesson she got Out in nature, and so those things teach lessons that you may not be able to teach that um, God has already put in nature for us. Another way to do the word, I'm going to pass these. Another way to do the word is um, games, Bible games. I think you could probably find them now. We did concentration. Anything I wanted my children to learn, I actually put them together in a, a game. And so I have the text, and then I would have the pictures that we could play concentration. Um, For older kids, we did other games. These were like, where is it? And I'm going to ask you. I always had kids how to know the books of the Bible. And then it was, where are the Beatitudes? Where are the Beatitudes? Anybody know? Just call it out. Matthew 5. Where's the Lord's Prayer? Matthew 6. Where is the promise of the rainbow? Genesis 9. Where are the two places it mentions the Ten Commandments? Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 5, very good. So you're just doing Bible drills. This is really a nice way we did these. When I taught, we had Bible drill time. Um, Court was another thing they really enjoyed. And I'm just going to put all these up here first. Court is we would pick a topic, and it may be the state of the dead, and they had to study it during the week. And then we had one child, and I try to do this in a group, where one person was on trial, and then the other ones had to, we had a persecutor, he asked all the questions, and the other ones were the witnesses. And they had concordances, too. And they would ask a question to the one that's on trial. Um, my mom, grandmother died. Um, she went to heaven. Um, and they had to prove that that wasn't right. And If they had the text and could find it, then they got 10 points. If they had to call on a witness, they lost a point. Um, for every witness they called on, we may start with 5 points, and then if they had to have a witness to give an answer, and that witness had the answer, they got 4 points. If the witness didn't have the answer, they could call on their next, next witness. That way everyone's playing together, and that way they learn their scriptures by doing it in a game. Because I know one day they're going to be on trial, so I wanted them to know how to combat the trials. Read along. I'm going to put these down. You start with a a text. Wait, where did I go? Okay, you start reading, and the next person has to find, you always have to start chapter one. And Well, it could be chapter 5, but always verse 1. You start reading, and you say, I'm at verse 3, I'm at verse 5 now, verse 6, and the next person could join you. I remember one of my students, when he was reading, he would always read the same one, and someone said, you always get that one, you always get me. And they said, well, you only use one. So he went home, and he found one in, I don't know, Hosea, and he started reading that. No one had gone to Hosea, and he started reading, and I said, you have to know it, so if I drill you on it, you know exactly where it is. But they would go home and start learning where to read, so they would have texts that they could read. Okay, deep Bible studies for children. I just, Bible is, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Bible is, it's an app. It's very easy to get it, you can download it, it's free. It's actually kind of dramatized, but I use the um, King James Version, and it may be New King James. I'm not, I think it's New King James. But it reads to them. So children in their crib would spend about 10 minutes reading. For older children, I would give them the tape to read and then a lesson book that they could draw pictures of what the lesson was about. And or we would choose topics, there's a lot of SOP. At that time there wasn't, so I'd tape my own, but now there's so much out there that you can find free online. For the older children, we did devotional journals, um, ver- um, verse mapping, color coding, and I'm going to show you some of those right now. This is a verse mapping. Now, these I just went to and got these off. I've done these in the past, but I couldn't find all my stuff. I'm still unpacking all my stuff. But this will just give you an idea of this, and I got it off of Pinterest. This one is a type of... Um, I use. actually use this one for like concentration. It's taken the books of... Um, Ephesians and showing what each chapter represents in Ephesians. So, And you can turn those into your concentration ones. Um, The journal, the Bible journals, this is more for the right brain child. But like I said, I got these online. This is from Farm Girl Bible Journals. So you can go there to find it. This is another one. I'm not going to go through these because of time. I would like to actually teach a class here on how to do these, so you have some ideas, but this is just so you 're looking at just that what 's available now, this one I do do, and I, you should have do they have a handout on this one? The color code did I give them a color code with it? Okay, okay. The color code one is actually you 're looking for god 's part, our part when you 're first starting, they can just do god 's part, our part. Now, all these that i 'm sharing work for teenagers, like I said, teenagers are not happy to sit down. But as a parent, to say, this is what we're going to start doing. I've come under conviction that I need to do that. This is what I did with my girls. I've come under conviction that I haven't been doing my job as a mother and that this is where we're going to start and this is what we're going to do. And I know it's not going to be fun at first. I know it's going to be hard. But this is what we're going to do. And that we just did it as a family. And so we started doing color coding. And so, And I was going to have you do this, but I'm actually running out of time. But they do, huh? Oh, oh, well, my clock's off. Well, okay. Then, um, space, all your information is in here of what you can use. Space is another one that we use for claiming promises. That's in here. So you can go through and look at mine. This is Soak. And I have all this in your handouts. The very last one I had anyway was this one, which is the seven text Bibles that I gave to my children that they learned, they memorized, and they went out and gave the um, study. And it just goes, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. The wages of sin is death. And But God so loved the world that He gave His Son. And um, He laid His life down for us that we may know Him. And then the next text, she would say, as I stand at the door and knock, anyone open the door, I will come in. And Stacy would call for the heart, that God's asking right now for your heart. And, um, and she would graphically go through the study. And then when she was done, she would call for the heart. And if they would surrender, she'd have prayer with them and then go through the next two steps which says that God has received you and then he will never let anybody pluck you out of his hand. If they said no, she closed up the book and she said, well, thank you for your time. May the Lord bless you. And she'd get up to leave and they say, Well, what's the rest of it? And she says, Well, it doesn't matter, you didn't accept the Lord, so I can't go through the rest. They said, Well, we want to know what it is. And she says, Well, when you're ready to accept the Lord, you let me know, and I'd be more than happy to come back, and go through the rest. And then some of them would say, Oh, well, I'm not ready. And she says, That's okay, I understand. Just call me when you are. This is my phone number, and I'll come back and present it. And then she'd leave. So she would not present it if they said no. You know, no one's gonna argue with the little kids. <laughs> but someone would call and say, Okay, I went through those texts again, and I'm ready, you know, and then we'd go back and she would present it to them again, Um, and then you'd actually start regular Bible studies with them. We're out of time. If you want to ask some questions right at the end, please come up. I'd be more than happy to take your answers, and maybe next year we can actually do some of the Bible studies itself. Oh, the resources are going to be right here. Jen just came in. She's going to explain those. So just go to the resources if you're interested. There's some in here. This actually is a hymnal. If you don't know your hymns, and there's a hymn in the back, these are by Johnny Erickson. So the hymns are back there. The hymn is here. So these are already nice for you. This, the story of Jesus, is about children. Um, This is Desire of Ages for children. Okay, so those of you that want resources, just go right over here to Jen. She'll take care of those. And then Gail has something to end with. Okay, good. Okay. Kind Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity to be together. We ask that you continue to watch over us, to lead us. We thank you for your wisdom and for the areas that are hard for us. Show us, Lord, how to be faithful in this area. In your name, Jesus, we pray and thank you. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.